0: Welcome to Much More Much with Pup Duffy and Carol Lane, an odd imagination production. Today I am with the ever-wonderful Mike Manning, who has uh, won multiple Emmy, Emmy Awards for The Bay, which is a web series. Um, he's an actor, writer, producer. A lot of people now will know him uh, from like Days of Our Lives, uh, This Is Us. But the younger generation who has grown up now might know you from like cloud nine as Nick Swift.
1: From yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: taking it back, man. I did my research, yeah. I took it back.
1: There you go, there you go. <laughs> well, that's Pardon cool me. because I, growing up, my film, I, lo- I loved like Johnny Tsunami and that was my, yeah. like I saw that movie and I wanted to start surfing and, and I was like, wow, that's so, that's so cool. And I grew up in Colorado, so I would snowboard a lot. Um, and, uh, but I was born in Florida. So I I would go see my family in Florida every once in a while. And I would jump back and forth from like mountains and beach and mountains and beach. And, and so when I did cloud nine and I, I got so much, uh, so many people reached out to me and said, Hey, like you inspired me to snowboard. Like, I want to hop on the board now. I want to, uh, go to the snow. I've never seen snow before. I'm from this other state, whatever it was, um, it was just really cool. It was really, and people have, I I always know when it plays, uh, because it usually plays on the Disney Channel again during the winter. So maybe around October, November, I'll start seeing messages again of like, hey, Nick Swift, like I'm watching Cloud 9 again. And it's it's fun. It's one of those like movies that I look forward to every year.
0: That's cool. And that's really cool because you, I mean, it's really hard in Hollywood to make that transition from like a teen- younger child actor into uh, a more mature role. You end up getting typecast or you fall out completely uh, and aren't ever called back. And um, you have managed to, to broad range yourself in a way that you are still picked up. Now I am here though, to talk to you about the way out, which is, Mm -hmm. uh, a horror psychological thriller uh it, it really does kind of screw with your mind a little bit uh watching that and it was incredible to watch you because i'm sitting here like man this is that guy is freaking me the hell out like
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no and that's that's um so the way out uh premiered at the Burbank Film Festival last fall and because it's in California, I was able to invite a lot of my friends, uh, cause I live in Los Angeles. Uh, I, I was able to invite a lot of my friends, uh, my manager, a lot of people that have known me for other roles, like like Days of Our Lives or Cloud Nine or This Is Us or The Bay. Um, and so I didn't, and I didn't really give them, I was like, hey, it's like a psychological thriller and that's basically it. And I didn't tell them how crazy my character was in the film and how far he goes um, with certain things that he does. And a lot of them afterwards, they were walking out of the theater and they're kind of like looking at me. I'm like, what? And they're like, you're scary, man. Like you're, you scared me. And uh, and I think as an actor, and a lot of my friends are actors or in the industry in some way, um, it was a big compliment because uh, that's that's what you want. You always mm-hmm. want to push yourself and, and that's one of the reasons I actually took this movie. I when I first read the script and the director had asked me to be Shane, I that idea scared me. It scared me. It made me uh I was like how am I going to number 1 bulk up and put on this muscle, number 2 really access some of that rage and and hurt and pain um that I had to access to uh do the character justice and to justify a lot of the things that he does in the movie that are pretty awful so um yeah it scared me but then I I ultimately said yes and here we are
0: yeah well and that's one of those things too is the the tapping in to a darker place within yourself that's terrifying um I wrote a a short story for a literary uh magazine um it's a dark purity magazine which tackles it was like when roe v. wade was overturned by the supreme court um all of the proceeds to that ended up going to narwhal to help with abortion access and things like that for women and um to also help with women's health and stuff um mm-hmm. and i i wrote this short story because that was at a time where and you don't see it much in the news anymore but you were seeing people who had had miscarriages being put in mm-hmm. prison because You know they they lost their baby and there had to have done something wrong. You know, Um, so then it became about women's chastity and and all of that. And it's like okay, so I wrote a short story, and it was the first time I've ever actually asked my husband to read any of my work. Um, And so I was like, "Can you read this to make sure it like it flows?" He got done with it and he looked at me and he was like, "Who hurt you, and where?" in the bloody hell did this come from within yourself? Yeah, And I was just like, you know, just, I had to tap into like those, those painful moments in your life that you've had, whether it, it's not maybe a similar experience, but it promotes a similar feeling. Is yeah. that what you found yourself kind of doing? Like tapping into some of your past
1: experiences? Well, I mean, okay. So Ryan Gosling and Meryl Streep are two of my favorite actors. And they both have said in interviews, um, something like every role that we play is inside of us somewhere. I, I think Julia Gardner says this too, um, like that, that you know, everybody has every human being has emotion, every human being has these little bits of things inside of us, given our life experience and, and everything else. And we just have to tap into that and bring that to the forefront. Uh, all of these what whatever we play as actors are versions of things that live inside of us already and um and so yes I I did have to tap into you know experiences in my life where I felt hurt or uh um lied to or you know things that that gave me that rage and that um you know, because in the film, like one of the messages, like hurt people, hurt people, and Shane, my character, uh, does some pretty awful things. But I wanted to really show a three dimensional character, have a three dimensional character, and show where that pain comes from. Also, uh, the script was written by Barry Jay, who, um, you know, a lot of of the plots, uh, the plot points in the film are based on things that he actually faced. As a child growing up, and he turned to alcohol and and uh, you know, alcohol abuse and everything else to cope with those things, and and now he is uh, he is sober. He went through the program, went through AA, so very similar to, to Johnny Champ's character Alex in the film. Um, but then he also uh, started Barry's Boot Camp, so he's Barry from Barry's Boot Camp, which is you know very popular gym franchise so he is sort of a success story in taking that pain and taking that broken, brokenness and going through the program and getting sober and then using physical fitness to sort of uh find the way out of that for himself and and i think shane is that portion shane is the portion that is uh very aggressive and and goes after what he wants and he uses sort of physical physicality um to to intimidate people and to defend himself. And, um, and so, you know, Barry took different versions of, of things. And, and obviously, we took liberties with certain things, but he was such a wealth of knowledge to have on set, because this story was so personal to him, and sort of based on some of the things that have happened in his life. So every time I had a question of like, hey, Barry, where's this coming from? What am I feeling? Uh, why am I doing this? You know, all the things that actors will ask a director um he had great answers for me and he had complete explanations as to why things were written the way they were in the script and where it was coming from and i think that's why i was able to go deep with the character in the places of of rage and uh sort of going going a little crazy
0: right right and i like that you brought that up with barry's the duality between and his story because in this the the whole time because I I had kind of uh read up on Barry a little bit and done a little bit of research and the whole time that this whole movie is playing out it was I was it was almost like I was seeing different sides of himself it's almost like you know Fight Club where Mm -hmm. you know it's all of these different things but it's it's just what it's it's him it's in him Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how I felt with the characters was like the pushing and the pulling and you know the rage that was there but also the fear that was there and you just all of these different complex emotions that brought it out and then the internal battle within one's head being played out as separate individuals if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah
1: no absolutely and that's why people when they're like describe this movie to me I often refer to it like a version of like a David Fincher fight club. Uh, I say it's like a fight club with an LGBT element about substance abuse and recovery and like right. that's sort of uh, the 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 comparison I use so the fact that you brought that up yourself is, is great and it means that uh it means I'm on, uh, <laughs> I'm not far off on how I'm describing these people. But Barry said that in the very beginning, I mean, Fight Club is one of my favorite movies. And so with the cinematography, we used a, a DP that I had worked with before on a movie called Slap Face. And I remember some of those early meetings, Barry saying, look, I want this to look like a Fight Club, a lot of darks, the dark reds and blacks. And, um, and, you know, a lot of the movie takes place in this dark garage where they had the overhead light. So depending on how you shoot, uh, there's like the shadows there and, and and there was a lot of, and there's a lot of scenes that uh, are that are through a mirror showing that almost that duality between these two characters. And, um, and that's what you do in Fight Club. You had the Brad Pitt, Edward Norton characters and there was this like duality of, you know, two sides of the same person. Uh, we definitely tried to do that in this film and show, obviously they're not the same person, but it's two sides to a person that may have been you know that was abused and then they're coping at it two different ways the way I I describe it is that Alex Johnny's character hurts himself and he Mm -hmm. turns to alcohol and and he's very timid and meek and insecure Shane my character hurts the world and he works out and he fights and he goes out and he seeks trouble and he gets revenge on people and um so it's like Same kind of thing dealing with the same thing, but going about it two very different ways.
0: Right. It's almost like a sliding door, uh, kind of uh metaphor in the sense of like, you know, you can go through these same things, but everybody handles them differently, everybody Mm -hmm. suffers differently. Um, and that that's one of the things it was a very provocative uh movie, just in general, and then you've got, you know, like I was sitting there like there are some really crazy dark scenes but I was like this is it's beautifully done and tastefully done to where it wasn't like um like you know the scene with the the choking and stuff like that it wasn't done in a way that um would maybe be triggering to some people there was like it was a tastefulness with the way that the shooting was the angles of everything was to where it was like real and you felt it but it wasn't like okay oh my gosh you know this is too much if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. um so I did like the light play the angles were Mm -hmm. incredible and that just kind of I think that lent to creating the characters more in depth if that makes any sense like I could sit there and I'd see the light play on your face and I'm like oh my gosh he looks like you look like Satan right now, sir. You know, like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was a it was pretty crazy and I'm sitting here like, "Wow, that just made you all that more brooding and dark just by the way that they lit your face." Um, so kudos to them for that. And it did very much look like Fight Club and that's one of my favorites too. So, I was like when I saw it, I was like, "This style is amazing. It's one of my favorites."
1: Cool. So,
0: I'm excited. Cool. Um, thank you. Yeah, so Okay. With all of this, how do you feel like you've grown as an actor?
1: Well, I think now, um, just because I've been at it, I've been in Los Angeles now for over 10 years. And I've been, you know, I've been fortunate enough to work with different people and play in different sandboxes and tell different stories and be different characters. And I feel like now there is a confidence that I have um, and sort of just like a zen, like like just like a, like a piece that I have when I go on set or when I um, show up and I'm meeting people for the first time that I'm gonna be working with or whatever, you know, I think that I just approach it as um, seeking honesty and seeking uh, truth in these situations and these characters and And I didn't necessarily have that right when I moved here, and when I first started out, I think that, that something like that only comes with experience. and And now, I think I've grown in terms of being at ease and just allow, trusting the process and trusting the people that I'm with, and trusting that if I mess up on something or you know that, that it's all going to be okay, and we can just yell "Cut and, and take another thing. I take, you know, have another take, and what that does is it allows me to take more risk and try different things, and be like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this this time, or I'm gonna be spontaneous and just try this and try this, and I know that if it doesn't work, then we'll just try it the other way uh, that we talked about. But like, I'm just gonna go out there and try this and try this, and and I think more often than not, I'm able to find fun little moments that are not necessarily in the script or not necessarily something I planned ahead of time. Um, that end up making the cut of the movie because they inform the character. And that only comes when you're just in the character and you're just in the moment. And somebody does something that gives you an idea or somebody does, you know, forgets to do something. And, you know, it leads to like this whole other moment that was never there, but you're both in it. And, you know, and and that's sort of, they call it like the magic of filmmaking. I feel like that um, having that peace and that ease allows me to find more magical moments, I think like that.
0: Oh, that's cool. Well, and I, I was reading up and did, from what I was researching, Barry kind of let you guys all do your own thing too, right? He just was like, here's the script, you know, do your own thing and then ask for pointers or did he guide you throughout the whole process?
1: Um, so I think that with this film specifically, because Barry wrote it and directed it and during the, uh, the process leading up to filming, he made himself available to Johnny and I um, to sort of ask a bunch of questions about our characters and about why a scene was the way it was and everything. So, so he offered himself uh, and because of that, we asked a ton of questions. So by the time we showed up on set, we all sort of had this mutual understanding of the world and the characters and everything else. So we didn't really have to check in with him as much because we had done all that groundwork. And I think that he also didn't have to check in with us as much because he sort of knew where our heads were in terms of different meanings behind different scenes and different di- pieces of dialogue and everything. So I feel like there was just like this mutual trust that while we were filming, he sort of just let us do our thing.
0: See, and that's cool. I, th- I find that um, a lot of actors and actresses that I talk to and directors who who kind of have that mutual thing, like they trust the person that they've gotten into whatever role they're in um and not and and doesn't necessarily micromanage but lets things flow i i find that they make the better more real and more raw and emotionally you know just pulling uh pieces than if they didn't because there is that whole natural flow it's not just like chop 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 you know you, you go and then you're like, okay. And like you were saying, okay, well, you know, we'll go to here and then cut. But it, it brings about a whole natural flow to the process, um, which I think makes it beautiful. Um, what was your favorite scene to film?
1: Mm. I think my, my favorite scene to film was, I loved working with Johnny and Johnny and I had this push pull tug of war sort of thing, the whole, the whole movie um, and every scene, I mean, we were just there for each other and we had a safety net and, and he was just so great to work with. Um, but I have to say my one, my favorite scene, if I had to pick one, was my scene with Mitch Silpa where you find out what my character is all about and what he's really doing. Um, and the reason is, is because that scene to me was such a cat and mouse scene. And it was very much like a, what is, what is going to happen next? Even watching it, like we shot it and then it was edit in editing and I watching it for the first time um, in that scene, I was like, oh man, like I sort of forgot a little bit about what we did. And I was like, what is going to happen next? Who's and, um, and without giving any spoilers away, uh, that was my favorite scene because you see my character's true colors, but you also see how messed up my character is because he is almost playing with Mitch, like like a cat and mouse. Like he's enjoying the process of revenge and it takes a certain kind of person to do that. And so I think that scene, it was fun to play. Mitch is such a, an incredible scene partner to have. And I also liked it in the film because after that scene, you understand exactly who Shane is.
0: Right, right. And then there's like, the the thing that I really enjoyed was there was a lot of um, symbolism, Mm -hmm. like with, you know, blood, tattoos, you know, just mirror scenes, like there was a ton of layered symbolism. And that was intriguing to me because a lot of time, and I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that I have to study things. Yeah. I'm great. like, whoa, what does that mean? <laughs> Rewind. Let me see. You know, like I'll catch those small things. And the beauty of that is it it's almost if you if you miss that layer, then you're missing out one of the complexities of the film itself. And that was something I find beautiful. Whenever you've got the showers and that and you see the back, and it's just you see the tattoo, and you're realizing things and you're seeing the cleansing, and then, you know, and it's just like. Oh man, I'm getting chills right now. Um, you just see you. like the beauty of that moment, even though you're just like, "Wow, you're one screwed up dude." You just you sit there and you realize that, and that's something that I teach. I tell my kids all the time. I'm like, if somebody's being mean to you, if somebody's being hateful and ugly to you, you have to take a step back, look at where maybe they might be coming from. Maybe they've got a bad home life. Maybe they have some traumas or some emotional issues or, or things like that, that they don't have anybody to help them work through or, you know, so seeing that it really, it was gut-wrenching for me because I'm sitting here like, if only he had had somebody, you know, if only he had had somebody. And that was a beautiful moment because there's like that, like I said, that duality of you know, the cleansing and grace, but then it's also, you've got the other part and it's a, it's a small, that's my favorite moment. And it's a small glimpse, I think, into the, what could have been, what still could be, you know,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that sort
0: of thing. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Cause at the end of the day, um, I mean, like I said, I think like hurt people hurt people. And mm-hmm. if you see my character hurting people, I wanted them to know where that came from, and right. um, and and also having that be a cautionary tale, like you said, I loved what you just said about, you know, maybe somebody could have reached out to him or stopped it or helped him heal or something else to prevent all the these bad things, and and I love that. I love that idea. I love the idea that throughout the trajectory of our lives, you have people that can make a huge difference just by being kind and just by listening and just by you know, saying what's wrong, and, and sort of trying to peel back the layers sometimes that people have the scar tissue that they've developed to protect themselves. And, and I, feel, I feel like that's what this film is about. I think that it is an intense film and some people are gonna watch it and they're not gonna like it. But I think that if you go into it with your eyes wide open and look at it as an examination of the effects of abuse and how that, that the ripple effects of that abuse and how it sort of manifests itself from children to adults, um, I feel like that is what, you, then you'll at least understand the message of the film. I think that the writing, the, the horror thriller genre in general, I think has the capacity and science fiction as well, has the capacity for filmmakers to dig that deep and to explore themes like abuse and revenge and pain and everything like that because it's not real. You know, it's not like you know, like this reality show or this drama or something that's really close to home. It's it's horror, it's science fiction, it's you know, these things that 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 provide escapism and you can sort of keep at arm's length. Right. And I think because of that, audiences are a bit more comfortable when they go in and they they see these characters exploring some of these darker themes that might otherwise be really uncomfortable
0: right and well and see like you were saying i think and the funny thing about that is is like it it helps keep a a distance like a wall between Mm -hmm. their reality and then the movie reality but in that you can sit there and you can glean like from this piece there is so many different facets to it that you could glean from like cautionary, inspirational, Mm -hmm. like people who are going through these things, who have been hurt, who have been abused, who suffer from addictions and things like that, coming out and being okay. Mm
1: -hmm. You know,
0: you've got all of these different variations and layers to where as somebody who has witnessed abuse in her life, I can sit there and say, you know, I know what that character felt. I know what he dealt with. I know the hurt. I know the rage and anger that I had, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I, I, I struggled. There was that same struggle internally for me. Like, you know, you can basically either rise above or you can just stay stagnant and seeing that choice played out in the way that it did, um, I think was marvelous. It was, it was beautiful. And, um, yeah, it might not be for everybody, but if if people go in with an open heart, an open eyes, and um, you know, really looking to glean maybe something from it outside of it just being, you know, horror. Uh I think it's a really pivotal movie and one of my favorites, I think I've seen in the horror wow. industry. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. So
1: thank you so it much. It was
0: it was great. Um do you have anything coming up, Mike? New projects or
1: anything? Uh yeah. I mean, well, this film will be out on uh Friday, this is Friday, February 10th, everywhere on digital, uh, the way out. And then um, I just finished uh my character died again on Days of Our Lives. So he's he's gone for now. And then
0: uh I <laughs> love Days of Our Lives. I used to watch yeah. that like way back when. And it was like it was I was sitting there like, it was, it was one of those shows where I sat there and I was like, why do people watch soap operas? Like my whole growing up, I was like, why are people, and then I got sucked into Days of Our Lives yeah. because of like, one of, one of my sisters watched it and I was like, what is going on? Stop. Yeah, He did yeah. not just fall 50 yeah. feet down an elevator yeah. shaft and then come back. Like,
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Days is the science fiction of the soap operas, of the four remaining yes. soap operas. Well, was, um, and that's
0: like no. Passions used to be kind of the, the fantasy soap opera, yeah, where, yeah. you know, you had the talking doll and stuff. But um, how did your character die the first time? Just because so, I'm curious.
1: The first time my character was Charlie Dale. The first time he was shot uh, and then he came back as a zombie and I think he was beat with a frying pan and then he came back as an evil spirit. And then, I think he just disappeared. I think in that point he like turned into dust. And then he came back as a figment of his mother's imagination. And then he just stopped being a figment. So I guess maybe he didn't die. Maybe he wasn't truly back the, the last time, but um, it's, yeah. been, it's been fun. It's been fun to play so many different versions of the same yeah, character in the world. Yeah, that's
0: really and, fun. And,
1: oh, yeah. And, okay, so
0: what was your favorite version of Charlie Day?
1: Well, I liked being a human. Uh, okay. um, but, uh, but, but then coming back as a, uh, figment of her imagination was also cool because then I could play a slightly more extreme version of who he was when he was alive. Um, cause it's sort of like they did with Dexter. Dexter's dad would come back right. and just be there as like his conscience. So right. I w- would come back and I would be there as almost like the little devil on her shoulder. Like I would tell her to do bad things instead of good things so it was yeah. it was fun it was fun and then uh let's see what else I have um I have a romantic comedy coming out this year called the engagement dress and that is completely opposite from my character here he's I
0: actually saw the like the the things for it like oh yeah movies, yeah yeah pictures. cool
1: good yeah. yeah so so I have that I play the exact opposite character he falls in love with his sister's best friend um oh. so yeah so that's, that's what very gets different my heart yeah yeah and and then um let's see what else I have um there's a another there's an action thriller that my friend Colton Tran directed who was also in Cloud Nine uh it is called The Bellkeeper and Randy Couture goes after a bunch of college students so I'm one of the college students and that's a thriller and that also has Lynn uh not um it has um um oh my gosh Bonnie what is her name? She was the nun, Bonnie Arons. Oh. Yeah, I think, I think is her, her name. So. And then and then Chaz Bono, um, and then Reed Miller, who was in he plays my little brother. Um, he was in that movie with Mark Wahlberg, uh, Joe Bell, which was really yeah. cool. And then C- Kathy Marks plays my girlfriend, uh, and that's actually the third time that Kathy and I have worked together on something. So um, she, cool. Kathy Marks, actually plays my sister in engagement dress. So it's this whole other. It's like this whole
0: other Swimpy swap.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I think it was, let me me make sure it was Bonnie. And then also The Bay. So The Bay um, uh, season seven is coming out. And then we just finished filming season eight. So that'll be out, um, I think, on Peacock and Popstar TV and Amazon Prime, I think. Um, so that's that's great. That's something that, that I look forward to every year. And I play a teacher on the base, so it's very different than yeah, my character here. Uh and then um let's see what else. I don't know. I think uh I think that's it for now.
0: Do you sleep?
1: Uh no I don't.
0: <laughs> no, I don't sleep. I just like I just you
1: know, Yeah, I just love what I do and I always try to work with people that I like and good people that, you know, have the same passion that I do and uh, le- Fortunately enough for me, I've I've found a lot of those people so far, and um and they seem pretty fantastic. So, uh, as long as the industry will have me, I will keep on making, uh, making things.
0: Oh my gosh,
1: um, this is I'm, I'm
0: this is a big fun year for you. Like I, I'm all about the horror. I'm all up, but I don't. I like psychological horror. That's my thing. Like flashy yeah. movies. I can peg it out usually within like five, ten minutes of it starting. Psychological, that always gets me. So yeah. I sit there and I like that. But rom com is like that's my comfort food. Like that's my chocolate ice cream. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, action. I was I was raised loving action and horror because of my dad. So I'm a big action fan,
1: so I'm excited for all of your movies coming out.
0: I'm really like, pup. Yeah. We need Mike back for this, for this, and for this, and for
1: this. There you go. Let's do it. And it was Bonnie Aaron's. Um It, it was, was. She was. She was in. She was in. She is in the Bellkeeper, Keeper, um, and she plays this really creepy character, and it's great. And then she was also oh. in the Nun. Um, she was the Nun in the Nun. So okay. she was working with her was was a lot of fun too. Yeah. So oh that'll gosh, be out. I, I'm guessing that'll be out sometime around Halloween. Would be my guess, but I'm not sure. Okay.
0: Well, yeah. now I'm gonna be like, you're gonna have to keep me up to date on all of your billions of things that you've got going yeah. on. Yeah. I will. Uh, where can people find you and connect?
1: Um. Everywhere is uh. Mike Manning. So I think on Instagram it's like Mike underscore Manning or something like that. Just because somebody else already had the Mike Manning, and I <laughs> my, my website. Name. Yeah. And then the, my website is mikemanning.info. So if people just want to go there and uh, stay updated on what I have going on, uh, they they can go there.
0: That's awesome. Man, you've been so fun. I appreciate you, you coming and talking Thank to, you. Uh, Thank you me. so much. And- this has been an Odd Imagination production. Here at Odd Imagination, you'll find book, film, television, and product reviews, as well as roundtable discussions, current events, and hot topics. We are advocates for equality and the freedom to be who you are, no matter what. imagination gets its name from autism and imagination, two things that are very important to us. If you would like more information on imagination and the podcasts that we host on our website, you can visit autimagination.org, A U T I M A G I-N-A-T-I-O-N dot org.